Hey, I'm Jana, the little sister. And I'm Jeff, her big brother. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry, a podcast about our favorite sport, baseball. This week on Sibling Rivalry Baseball, the debate is over. The MVP has been awarded. All right, so was it the Christmas wish, the Christmas miracle, or the Christmas promise? All right, just to let you know, if you stand under SRBB headlines, no one will kiss you. You might get an awkward hug, but no kisses. Yasiel Puig, formerly of the Reds and the Dodgers, was awarded the Mexican Baseball League's Defender of the Year Award. Puig was adept at robbing home runs and making spectacular plays in the outfield this season. His goal is to get back to playing for an MLB team for the 2022 season. After being placed on administrative leave by the Anaheim Ducks, General Manager Bob Murray resigned effective immediately to enter an alcohol abuse program. Murray was hired as the Ducks GM in November of 2008 and was the third longest tenured GM in the NHL. He leaves amidst allegations of creating a toxic work environment, shouting and intimidating staffers, coaches, and sending angry messages to players. He apologized to those affected by his actions and vowed to make life changes. Matt Vaughn, University of California at Davis head baseball coach, has resigned after a four-month investigation found the baseball team engaged in hazing rituals for new players that involved drinking competitions and other nefarious acts. The report concluded that Vaughn knew or should have known about the situation since at least 2018 and failed to take reasonable steps to address it. Vaughn was the Aggies head coach for 10 years and part of the program since he was a pitcher from 1989 to 1992. 12-year MLB veteran and shortstop for the 2007 World Series champ Red Sox, Julio Lugo has died. The Dominican Republic native played with seven teams in his career, starting with the Astros in 2000, who drafted him in 1994. He retired after being released by the Braves in 2011. Per his family, he died of an apparent heart attack one day before his 46th birthday. You can find these and past week's headlines on our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com. Remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen. And tell a friend to listen to the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Welcome into the final SRBB Podcast of Season 2. We will be back. If there's a season, of course, if it doesn't get derailed by a lockout, we'll be back on the 31st of March, the start of the season. That's opening day for the 22 season, and we'll be back with you then. Uh, Last week, we put a wrap on the Dodgers season. This week, we're going to do the same for the Angels. We're also going to jump into the pan on the hot stove and get a view of the free agent and trade market, a look at uh, the next CBA more towards the end of the show and uh, and see what it might look like. First, though, we're going to go and uh, and seal up this award season. And I guess first, well, before we do anything else, make sure you get yourself a nice beverage of your choice. If you're watching Hallmark movies, then that would be hot chocolate, because even people who look like they're alcoholics on those show movies always go for a hot chocolate instead of a hot toddy. So a uh, an ice cold uh, Diet Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, with some good ice uh, is our recommendation. And uh, and let's uh, let's wrap up 
first of all, and please, Jana, help me to stop using the term wrap up. I know it's the holiday season. We got gifts going, but tell me how many gifts have you gotten from me over the last couple of years that were wrapped other than in the packaging they came in? Well, all of them. They were wrapped in the package that it came in because (laughs) I didn't wrap them. I sent them to you and you wrapped them for me unless it was for you. Right. Okay. Yes. In that case, none. None. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So uh, in addition to the gold gloves, Rawlings also has the platinum gloves and the team defense, which I think the team defense for the National League is pretty easy since they had five gold glove players. That would have been the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, that's like a no-brainer. Right. Um, now, when we talk about no-brain, I know you're talking about me. And that also applies to the fact that I don't remember who got the AL team gold glove or defensive team of the year. It's our favorite team deep in the heart of Texas, oh, the Houston right. Asterix. That's right. Maybe that's why I couldn't remember who it was. Right. We we couldn't remember. We had put it into the the recesses of our brain and never to come out. I never, I don't even think I allowed it in. It was denied entry. Yeah. Until you said it, I hadn't. So I must have remembered it somehow. Anyway. I honestly just didn't even know. (laughs) So, all right. So they got the team defense awards. And then they give out platinum gloves to one player from each league. And, uh, of course, the platinum glove for the National League came from the Cardinals as well. Nolan Arenado. Not to be confused with Trevor Story. Right. And then uh, who was the American League winner? Our favorite shortstop. Carlos Correa. And we have stuff to talk about with him when we get to the hot stove. And uh, apparently he has disdain for Derek Jeter that came out during the gold gloves as well. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on from that unpleasant uh, trees of uh, who won other than Nolan Arenado. And, uh, and maybe that's even unpleasant because you didn't really think that you think his replacement in Colorado should have gotten it? I do. I think Ryan McMahon was robbed of the gold glove and then even possibly the platinum, as I like to call it, the platinum gold glove. The platinum glove. Gold. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, let's change, let's change metals altogether and go to silver sluggers. So the silver sluggers which goes by position, best hitter at each position. And um, it goes down every every position, American League rep and a National League rep. And then, and then you have, for the American League, a DH, and the National League, a pitcher. So That's you want right. to run through who, uh, who grabbed the Silver Sluggers? Yeah, so first base, no surprise here, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., First win, first silver slugger for him. Freddie Freeman, third silver slugger for him. Um, you know, he hit 331 home runs. So, and we all know what 
Vladdy Jr. did. Uh, second base, Marcus Simeon and Ozzy Albies. And we Third, all know what Marcus Simeon did. That's right. Because he was we, a top three candidate, top three finalist for the MVP. Yes. Now, Ozzy Albies um, did become the fourth second baseman to record 30-plus homers, 20-plus steals, and 100-plus RBIs in a single season. So He did that this year, so... Pretty impressive. You know, we like Ozzy. Uh, third base, Rafael Devers and Austin Riley. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tatis Jr. Now, do you think that the the Braves, like the other guys, are upset with Dansby Swanson for not doing enough so that they could have a sweep of the infield awards? I think so. You think they're calling him a slacker now? They're sending him texts in the offseason? Fine, right off with Jane Iyer, because you didn't hit well enough to join us with Silver Sluggers. Jane Eyre. It's Jane Eyre. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever her name is. You can just he's hanging out with Bronte sisters, or he's hanging out with, uh, who rate Jane Eyre? Eyre. <laughs> well, Jane Eyre is a Bronte sister. Yes, um, one of the Bronte sisters wrote that. Thinking Charlotte Bronte, probably okay. not. And then, but then uh, you also have Jane other? Austen. Jane Austen, that's who I was thinking. That's about. my favorite. Yeah. So maybe, but yeah, they're just like we're not coming over to smoke cigars and drink wine with you anymore. No, we're going to Jock's house for that. Yeah, and everybody gets pearls every time they go. Right, they get pearls. And there's never a bad time to wear pearls. No. Apparent. For catchers, Salvador Perez and Buster Posey. So that's a nice way for Buster to go out with the Silver Slugger. In the outfield in the AL, Teoscar Hernandez, Cedric Mullins, and Aaron Judge. And then in the National League, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, and Nick Castellanos. Shohei Otani for DH and Max Freed robbed Julio Urias. Yes, he certainly did because I was looking at the numbers and they're very close, but Julio wasn't even like mentioned. He wasn't even. I didn't ever hear his name mentioned for Silver Slugger. Maybe it was, but I'm not sure where. Yeah, I never saw his name pop up. It seemed like once the season was over, everybody stopped talking about him, even though he was the only 20-game winner. Right. And Silver Slugger, he had more RBIs than any pitcher. And... So look at the numbers. Max Freed had 15 hits. Julio had 12. Max Freed's batting average, 273. Julio, 203. On-base percentage, 322 for Max, 308 for Julio. Max had five RBIs, but Julio had nine RBIs. So right there, I'm thinking Julio deserved the silver slugger. I think they went off the 273 to 203. Probably so, but I would go off with the runs batted in. I think I would do that because that's a bigger help to you as a pitcher 
than having a high. You can have a high average and never run anybody. There's guys who go three for four in a game, didn't get any RBIs, didn't score any runs. That's where I would I would put it with a pitcher. I would put it in that spot. Or sacrifices. How many sacrifice hits did they have? Right. Yeah. I I just was really disappointed. I mean, I know Max Freedy can hit, but I was disappointed that Julio wasn't, you know, didn't even seem to be a blip on the radar for Silver Slugger. Well, and maybe next a lot, year, I guess. And a lot of times in the games where he got those, you know, where he was getting those RBIs, he was the one who started the rally or he was clutch. Yeah, he was. So I yeah. don't know. for me, for SRBB Silver Slugger, Julio Udrius is the winner. Maybe next year that's what we should do. We should have our own. When the, with these, we should do our own gold gloves and our own um silver sluggers. Just yeah. like we, you know, we normally pick who's gonna be this next section, which is where um the uh, baseball cheater, baseball writing cheaters of America copied off the IBWAA's list almost exactly. And yeah, with I think an exception here or there. But overall, so let's let's go through. We can go through real quick. Um, everything was announced this week uh, on on Monday. They announced the rookie of the year and um, twelve year veteran. Randy Arozarena gets it from the American League. Finally, he played enough to be. Yeah, he finally got it so that he can be recognized as a rookie after 12 years. A lot of people were were tweeting going, I hope he wins again next year. Yes. (laughs) And then uh, I think pretty much while there were other players in the National League, Pretty much, we didn't really realize who they were until their names came out as uh, finalists. But Jonathan right. India from the Reds uh, ran away with that, just as we all thought he would. Um, and then uh, the next one, which was one, both of them, I think, were both of the managers that were picked. Uh, it was pretty much a given that it was going to happen that way. But I felt like in the American League, uh, one manager, but it was a disservice to one manager. So in the National League, the guy we were for sure going to get it was Gabe Kapler. Because he took a team that really wasn't supposed to go anywhere and made them the best team in baseball or helped guide them to be a 107-win team. And then in the American League, and I wonder about this, if because re- remember, whenever the voting is, is before the postseason, but you already know who's going. And the three finalists in the American League were Kevin Cash, Dusty Baker, and Scott Service. As we talked about previously, I thought Scott Service was the manager of the year. Even though even with the IBWAA, Kevin Cash won there. But two of the three managers went to the playoffs. I still think that Scott Service took a team that was supposed to be battling the Rangers for the bottom of the West and maybe even the Orioles for 
you know, most losses. They were supposed to be behind the uh, the Angels for sure. And they ended up being in second place. And had they started to push just a little bit earlier, they may have unseated the asterisks. Yeah. And that would have been Scott's service, but he gets he gets nothing. He's out in the cold. And, of course, Kevin Cash walks away with the award for the second straight year. Yeah, I I don't see what was different about Tampa Bay. Although, okay, so they didn't have Blake Snell. Whoopie-doo. It's not like Blake Snell was lighting a fire in San Diego. Um, they Tyler Glass lost, now went out early. Yeah. Um, who else was uh, was there? Charlie Morton. You're right. Charlie Morton left, went to Atlanta. Um, so he didn't have him. He didn't have Tyler Glass now. He didn't have Blake Snell. Um, he had a, a pitching staff of people that honestly, just off the top of my head, even watching them play, I don't remember. And they right. did go get Nelson Cruz at the trade deadline, but he can't pitch. And they used over 30 different pitchers during the season. And I think maybe that was part of it that he took a team that, you know, really didn't have anything. Yes, he did a good job, but they already had an established, um, you know, set there that he had a he had a lot to build around and off of. Yeah, I wasn't. Think that it was a great any great. He's a he's a great manager. I'm not going to take that away from him, but I don't think he was. I don't think it was like Scott Service what he had to do. Dusty Baker did a good job, but he's got a much better team. And yeah, he overcame, you know, loss of pitching too. But I think Scott Service did so much more. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, you know, maybe next year. I don't know. But what does he got to do though? Because what if the 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 Rays do the same thing again? Yeah. And and do it playing half the games in Montreal. All right. Yeah, then and he'll they, get it for a third year in a row. He'll get it in a third year in a row. And Scott and he'll Service get it. could go to the World Series. Yeah. And won't get it. And he'll get it because he learns French. Because oh. they're playing in Montreal. And Montreal. that right there. Bonsoir! Will, <laughs> will be why he is awarded a third time. La yeah. Crayon. <laughs> Les Crayon. Jean Zelizés. Now that's. French, France, but it is French, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm Le not. Arc de Triomphe. Yes, yeah, yes, that is in France. <laughs> right, but you know, I'm sure there's other Montreal things, but I don't know them. I don't like either. I know those. So, anyway, but yes, he will. He will get it simply for learning to speak French for half the season. All right, so uh, let's take it uh, Thursday. We got into the two big ones. Cy Young and then MVP was uh, was yesterday on Thursday. So who were our Cy Young guys? Who were the uh, finalists? Oh, well, the finalists for the AL, Garrett Cole. Right. Lance Lynn. Right. And Robbie Ray. And Robbie Ray, I think he is pants, actually got the Cy Young because apparently he, like Walker Bueller, likes 
tight pants. And that's what I heard. It was really the pants that got the Cy Young. Without not so much. Not Is it so like much one of those Robbie. things like the superhero, they put on the, they put on a thing on their arm and all of a sudden they've got it. They become the superhero. They put on a certain pair of pants and they have superpowers. I think that's it. Yes. I think that must be it. But yeah, Robbie Ray, which I don't think was really a big surprise. Garrett Cole had a decent year, but he also had, you know, there were a lot of stuff going on with that whole spider tack, you know, right from way at the back. beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not a big deal. Robbie Ray, Cy Young. Well, it's great for Robbie Ray because now as a free agent, he's going to get a lot more money. Oh than yeah. Maybe he should simply because he won the Cy Young this year. Yeah. And so. I mean, I think know. he did have the best ERA in the AL. So oh, that's he, had a great, he had a great year. When you look at all of the things that he did, his numbers were, were really good. The question is, is he never really had done that before? Is this a, a, a was it a career change? Or is it something that'll just be this year and then next year will come out? Look at, you know, players all the time. We can, we can look at uh, um, uh, Cody Bellinger. Who yeah, won really the example. MVP one year, and the next year, Fell you'd have apart. thought that he was a late season call up that was having. Maybe we got to send him to the Arizona Fall League again because yeah. he just he didn't look like. Yeah, you wonder it, is this you know is this your fluke? You know, will he continue to go on? Um, so yeah, I you know, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see and we'll see where he lands. You know, where is he going to, where is he going to be? And what's his, um, salary, you know, what's the, what's the deal going to be? Well, yeah. And, and we've already seen a couple of, uh, pitchers sign. So we're starting to see maybe a little bit of a market emerge numbers wise. And where would he fall in with that? All right. And then, uh, from the national league, who, uh, who grabbed it there? I know Max Scherzer was one of the finalists. Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler from the Phillies. And Corbin Burns. And Corbin Burns won this Cy Young for the National League. And I don't think he should have won. Why? Well, I'm looking at the numbers. Corbin Burns had 28 games pitched. uh, No complete games. 45 earned runs. 234 strikeouts. 11 wins. 5 losses. Um, no saves, of course, had a, a 0.94 whip and a 2.34 ERA. So he had the lowest ERA. And then you look at Scherzer, who I had voted. Yeah, I thought Scherzer, but for Cy Young, he had his 3,000 strikeout this season. He was lights out with the Dodgers um, during the regular season. Um, there was just some things, you know, it's like, and probably because I watched him pitch a lot more than these other two guys. It was an emotional uh, thing, I think, with uh, I Max think Scherzer. so. He had 30 games pitched. 19 of those were with the Nats, 11 of them with the Dodgers. Um, no complete games, 60 earned runs, 205 strikeouts, uh, 15 wins, four losses. He did have one save. That was in the postseason. Uh, 1.08 whip and 2.46 ERA. And so you're like, okay, well, if you're looking at ERAs, Burns is gonna would be the winner, but I think Zach Wheeler really should have been at the top. He had 32 games pitched, 
three of those were complete games. 66 earned earned runs, 247 strikeouts. So struck out way more. His win-loss record, 14 wins, 10 losses. He had no saves. He had a 1.01 whip, and his ERA was 2.78. So if you look at that, you're probably thinking, yeah, but he, he lost 10 games. But he had three complete games, and his win-loss record shows that he's going, he's pitching more innings. He's going deeper into well, the he, games. He pitched considerably more than either Max or Corbin Burns, and a lot more than Corbin Burns. Right. Now, uh, Corbin Burns did one thing that uh, the other two guys, well, he was pretty, he was there all year, and he was on a playoff team. True. But so was Max Scherzer. You know, if you look at uh, Zach Wheeler again, more strikeouts, 247. Uh, his whip was 1.01. I mean, Bur- uh, Corbin Burns was, you know, 0.94. Yeah, there's some difference there, but they're still pretty close, similar. Um, and then, but the ERA. But of course, if you're going to pitch more, your ERA is going to be higher. Potentially higher. I think Yeah. I think when we look down at all the numbers, I think you and I both, I think we texted each other and was like, eh, I wish I would have looked at this a little closer because I probably would have gone with Zach Wheeler. I think Zach Wheeler oh, was, yeah. my, was my number two. Yeah. I, I but Corbin I, Burns was like fifth or sixth. Right. I, you know, looking at different things, but I think if you look at the total picture, pitcher pitcher of uh zach wheeler i think he really is it i mean when you look at who do you you know the three complete games yeah he had more earned runs but again he pitched more he had 247 strikeouts um so i think he he definitely should have been the cy young award winner all right so finally we got to what everybody's been talking about Uh, Of course, the American League was the bigger conversation than the National League. Uh, A lot of people talking with the National League. Who should be your three finalists were Bryce Harper, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Juan Soto. And when you look at it, their their numbers are all good. I mean, they're great players, and you, you don't think about it, but Bryce Harper... If he wins, this is his second one, and he's only 29. Yeah, it's very impressive. And then Juan Soto, of course, is the is the youngster of the group. He's going to win an MVP at some point. Will this year be the year? We didn't know right off. And then, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. And watching MLB uh, on a show earlier in the day, or maybe it was uh, the day before, I um. I saw them talking. I think I was watching like MLB now and they were like, here's, here's my, um, my case, making the case for Fernando Tatis Jr. And it swayed me a little bit because it really, for the time that he was out, the numbers that he put up were in a lot of ways better than the other two guys. But you know, that's just, there was something that was missing. For me, that's why I couldn't go with him. And it's not because of the hubcap and his ad. 
attitude and the stutter step. It was just there was just a part that was missing. And uh, I know I voted for Bryce Harper. As the number one. And actually, I voted for Bryce Harper, number two. Trey Turner was my number one. Trey ended up in fifth place. But Bryce Harper walked away with his second MVP award and then got emotional about it. Because you think about it. One thing I forgot when they were talking to him, he got hit by nearly a hundred mile an hour pitch at the beginning of the season. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He is very lucky that he, you know, didn't have a broken nose or more, you know, facial injuries. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. So for him to get, you know, back in the box and do what he did for the season, that's impressive. And you figure without what he did in the second half, the Phillies aren't even close to battling with the Braves. Yeah. It came down to, I think, their last, one of the last um, series of the season where the Braves just swept them. And, you know, they just couldn't, you know, the Braves were, we saw what the Braves could do. And they were doing it by that time. So, anyway, so... Bryce Harper, who I kind of thought was going to win it, took it. And then um, and then we got to the American League, which a lot of things were being said today that none of the six MVP finalists from the two leagues made it to the playoffs. And when I looked at the American League in the top five, in the National League, the top four, I mean, the top five were Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Brandon Crawford, and then Trey Turner. So the four and five were both in the playoffs, but the first three weren't. And then in the same, you had two Blue Jays, Vladdy Jr. and Marcus Simeon, and then you had Shohei. And in the top five, only one of the top five made it to the playoffs. And that was Carlos Correa, who was number five. Aaron Judge was number four. And then unanimously, and another unanimous MVP announced who this year's unanimous MVP was. Frank Thomas got to call out Shohei Otani's name, which I think it would have been, I think the earth would have stopped. It would have stopped rotating on its axis. And we all would have died. (laughs) I don't know that we would have died. I think everything would have come to a screeching halt. I thought we would just be wandering spinning around. It'll get too hot. Oh, well, and we'll die. I think that's a science thing. I'm not trying to just, (laughs) I'm not trying to be over dramatic. I'm just saying this. And then we die. Um, (laughs) Well, that's how that's how crazy it is if Shohei's was not this year's MVP. Yeah, I I know that there was a lot of controversy and I think some of it was, you know, some Manny was it uh, Manny Ramirez who was the, you know, more that making it more of a, you know, political, you know, um, I don't want to say political issue because not really political, but making it in that realm of things. Well, he, where, he he was making it into something else that that 
the the Latin player was going to be discriminated against. Right. We're always overlooked. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, maybe you are. I'm. I. That's it, not the battle we're talking about. And it's not like Vladdy lost to Mike Trout, who only played 36 games this season. It, yeah. I mean, you're looking. He, he at, lost to a phenom. Yeah. Now, I mean, you're you're looking at a guy who was a DH and he pitched. I mean, it's again nobody a no-brainer. Nobody had seen what he did. Even like they said, Harold Reynolds said when they were announcing when they were announcing this, they were talking about the stuff that he did. That the last person to do both was Babe Ruth to the level, and they said the difference is. Is that Babe Ruth wasn't six four two ten and a supermodel? <laughs> That's true. And, and you know, and he was very humble about it when he accepted the award. But when you look at, he did things that, and of course, Babe Ruth. Some of that stuff maybe Babe Ruth did, and but they weren't. You know, they weren't looking. Statcast wasn't um, talking about how fast a ball gets out. You know, they, I heard somebody talking on the radio about the ball he hit in Kansas city, which I saw 120 miles off the bat. And when it hit the wall, it ricocheted at one eleven, coming off the wall. So imagine Crazy. how fast it really could have kept going. Had yeah. it gotten out of there. Now that ball could have hit the earth off of the axis. And then we really would have died. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see it now. I totally see it. So anyway, so yeah, there was Shohei had such an amazing and and it wasn't. And we've talked about this a lot leading up to this. It wasn't just about what he did on the field. It's how many people he brought into the stands. I never watched a game where I saw the Blue Jays at another field and a bunch of people show up with. Vladdy Jr. stuff. They may have been there. They may have been there, but I don't think I saw any like big cutouts of his head in uh, stadiums that were not uh, Toronto. (laughs) And I don't even think in Toronto or somewhere in Florida. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, I, I think that I think that he's he's there. I think that, you know, there were probably fans of his in Anaheim because they all loved his dad when he was here. Sure. But not like Otani. And like you were saying, and I remember uh, seeing the video of it of. Guys, was it, it seems like maybe it was like Yankees or something where when Otani came to bat, they put on Otani jerseys. And as soon as he was done they take them off and they had their yankee jerseys or whatever team that was yeah you know people booing at stadiums because they walked in people are there that probably if you looked on any other day they were big fans of the team that there or or there were probably people who came that have never been to a baseball game before but they love otani and it's not just japanese citizens it's Everywhere, everywhere, and I think too. Um, you, since he pitched, also you also had people that you know are like, well, we I want to see him pitch, so they would look to see the rotation and, right. um, you know, get the tickets especially you know specifically for that. And 
yeah, I mean, he just, he's universal. You know, he should be like the MVP of the world. I, maybe he is. He might, we just he don't, might we be. just don't know. Whoever <laughs> gives out that award hasn't, uh, hasn't given it yet. Yeah. It's a platinum, gold, silver. A platinum, gold, <laughs> silver blend. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so the other guys that were, were in there, you know, like I said, Aaron Judge was fourth. Correa was fifth. He's the only one I disagree with. Um, you know, Marcus Simeon, who's going to come off of this as, uh, as the number three guy. And Vladdy was almost the unanimous number two. He got 29 number two votes because Vladdy got, I mean, Shohei got all of the first place votes, all 30. Salvador Perez stole one second uh, place vote, and so he ended up 29. Vladdy, you know, should be fully, should have got all 30. Nobody should have given it to Salvador Perez. Right, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, it should. But unanimous, obviously, for Shohei. And we had heard before, uh, you know, I had mentioned some pundits that are on MLB uh, you know, oh, well, you know, Shohei can't be, he's on the angels and they're not a, they're not a team that will go to the postseason. but you just mentioned, you know, <laughs> look at who was voted, you know, look who the finalists were. And then, uh, but they weren't looking beyond at the, the whole picture, not just what the he was entirety. doing on the field, but what was he doing for baseball? If we're looking at it instead of just what the player was on the field, maybe what they did for their team and the MVP, I, there's people who are saying, call it the most outstanding player. Shohei truly was an MVP for MLB. Completely. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, he was given the commissioner's award. Right, and for that historic... For historic his, stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just for what he's done for baseball. So I'm glad I, to see him get the recognition uh, that he deserves. Because one thing you also have to look at with Shohei is, you know, he had Tommy John. He his, he had issues last season. He had issues the season before. He, you know, he has overcome all of those to have this spectacular season that he did this year. So hopefully it continues. And then like we we're talking about uh, Marcus Simeon, who was number three is out on the free agent market. So this is going to help him. We don't know if he'll stay in Toronto, what they're going to do. A uh, lot of words about a lot of talk about him, maybe going to Seattle or somewhere else where he could play second base. I heard San Francisco come up today that he would be uh, great there, him and, uh, and Crawford. So we'll see about that. And since it's hot stove time and we want to do a, you know, a quick look at see what, uh, as, as this is our last, uh, last episode of the season, what are, are some of the, uh, the teams there's been some signings already, What's a few things that we can we can look at, uh, and then we'll move on to wrap things up for the Angels. Uh, Scott Boris uh, doesn't have a great uh, his view of the thirty teams in Major League Baseball is that just a little like two over half 
are trying to win. Everybody else is trying to lose. Yeah. So I was trying to think, who is he talking about? So all I could think of was the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Orioles, the Rangers, the Marlins, the Pirates. Yeah. No. I'm... I don't know how many that is right off my top of my head. Right, but, but uh, you know, if you're going 17, those are definitely the teams that are trying to uh, to bring a, a chip to their respective towns. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, you know, one of the teams that was up and down last year was uh, they did the first free agent signing of the season. And that would have been Detroit. And they signed and... What did you ask me the other day about I, Eduardo Rodriguez? I ask you if you are a baseball player and your last name is Rodriguez, does that mean, and then whatever your first name is. So we know we have A-Rod and if, you know, if your name well, and is. Then, um, uh, Francisco Rodriguez was an F-Rod, but because he struck everybody else, he was K-Rod. Yeah, so I was going to say they're K-Rod. So is that like a thing? Because Eduardo Rodriguez is E-Rod. And so I thought that must be. If your name's Rodriguez, then are you automatically your first initial and Rod? Right. Yes. Q-Rod, R-Rod. Or maybe you're just just Rod. Anyway, yeah. he went to uh, Detroit. Uh, I don't remember how many years, but seventy-seven million. Five years, seventy-seven million. All right. Now, before we get too much deeper, qualifying offers. We've talked about this, and I think last week we even mentioned there were a few people that got them. Some had already turned them down. There were fourteen qualifying offers given across Major League Baseball. Thirteen of those players said no. Decline. That's right. Uh-uh. But. And only one said, yep. That was the captain. Oh, my captain of the San Francisco Giants, Brandon Belt. Which, which is this smart. This is a raise. He made yeah. $17.2 million last year, so he's going to be up yeah. to eighteen point four. Now, a lot of these players, they it's not necessarily that they're looking for the bigger money. Although they might be able to get it, they want to test the waters a little bit. But also, it's a one-year deal, and a lot of these guys don't want to play just one year, even it is, even if it is for good money. They want to sign a longer-term deal. Chris Taylor is one that we talked about. He declined it. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Will he end up somewhere else, a la Kike Hernandez? Don't know. We hope not. Dodger fans hope not. And Dodger fans, you know, there's a lot of, I read a story that uh, is like, why didn't they get a deal done to extend him earlier? Well, there's a lot of factors and it could have been from both sides that they just couldn't get it done and other things going on. Um, But so only Brandon Belt of the Giants takes it. That means everybody else is out there. Well, one of those guys was Justin Verlander who had the qualifying offer and uh, and then he turned around after declining it and signed a two year deal back with the Asterix. Yeah. And there were a lot of teams linked to Verlander. I think the Yankees were 
one of those teams. Um, I also heard that he was looking for a team that uh, had their spring training in Florida because he had a house in Florida, but we had also heard maybe he'll be an angel because he has a house in California. So apparently he has houses, a lot of different houses all over the United States. Well, he is married um, to Kate Upton. Right. Supermodel super or whatever she was. So the L.A. thing, I, I think, was a big deal that maybe she would prefer to be here. But obviously she's been doing OK wherever they live now. Yeah, I don't think it's been an issue for her. Uh, yeah, so he'll be back. He'll be back in Houston. So that'll be another another arm for Dusty. Well, and that's probably a, a good thing. You know, I mean, he's he's up there. He's in his late 30s. Uh, he's got the one year plus an option year, uh, $25 million per. And if he can come back off of Tommy John's surgery, it definitely is going to help if he can pitch close to what he was pitching before. But here's the one thing, and it's we're going to have to talk about this a little more in the Angels segment because of Noah Syndergaard, but who signed with the Angels, who also got a qualifying offer. But when you come off of Tommy John's surgery, you think, oh, it's a year out. But then there's there's that time coming back and relearning it, you know, pitching in pitching a bullpen session in practice is nothing compared to pitching in the game. And sometimes it takes longer for players to come back off of this when he comes back he's still going to be getting back into the rhythm. So it may take him a while to get back. He may be fine by the time he gets back. Uh, you know, it took Shohei a little bit of time. And what if you have a setback? What if something Shohei was back, was supposed to be okay. And last season we saw how that went a couple games in, he couldn't pitch anymore. Yeah. Well, and I think for Verlander too, it makes sense to sign back with the Astros. Uh, and I think because of the reasons that you just listed, they, you know, they've been with him through this surgery and um, there may be that pressure to, you know, be instantly, you know, great on the mound isn't going to be there because he's with the Astros. Whereas if he was with a new team, maybe he would feel more of that pressure to right. be the ace or that makes sense. Yeah. of the uh, club. So, yeah. All right. So. You know, working through that, uh, obviously with the Dodgers, uh, the only two that got qualifying offers was Chris Taylor and Corey Seager. The Angels only extended a qualifying offer to Rysel Iglesias. We'll talk about him a little bit more coming up. And then, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where these other guys do. Do they stay with their teams? Do they move on? Uh, it'll depend on what kind of deal they get. And, you know, I was thinking at first, it's like if you get a qualifying offer, there's some sort of draft pick compensation, depending on where you sit. There's little rules and caveats to that. But I realized, who cares if I lose a second round draft pick? When is that second round draft pick going to come to the majors anyway? It's not like the NBA or the NFL where that very well could have cost me a starter. Right. Yeah, it's going to be a while before <laughs> before you get that draft pick. You know, look that at it. We true. just talked about Julio Lugo, who just passed away. He was drafted in 94. He made his debut debut in 2000. Yeah. You know, some of them are shorter. 
Mike Trout, just a couple of years. Some of these other guys that, you know, you see, it's just a couple of years. But, you know, that's. Uh, we had so another is, uh, is this, we had another pitcher that also he did a, an extension with the Blue Jays. And that would be uh, Jose um, Barrios. Oh, right. Barrios uh, stayed there. And uh, which I, they're very happy about. I think I saw the the uh, the um, Blue Jays GM talking about it, that he's very excited about having him for a longer amount of time. Uh, now the other thing that we're going to be looking for is trades, and there's a couple teams that uh, are probably going to be tearing down. It looks like Cincinnati is uh, going into rebuild mode, and so a lot of talk about uh, Luis Castillo. And John Gray. Sonny uh, Gray. Ever, I'm sorry, Sonny Gray. John Gray's with the Rockies, who probably should do a teardown as well <laughs> and trade him. But I also heard he's probably not going anywhere, nor is Herman Marquez. Probably aren't. And then what are you going to give up for him is the bigger picture for most teams. Uh, so watch for those. We may see some other blockbuster trades. I think a lot of it's going to be the um, signing of the the free agents and the talk is a lot of these players, Corey Seager's name came up. Marcus Simeon's uh, name came up both Scott Boris clients as they want to try to get signed now because who knows what's going to happen starting on December 2nd. And we'll talk CBA a little later, but that could change everything. And instead of having everybody waiting around to sign once there's a CBA in place, provided there's a lockout, these guys want to get in, get their money now, and uh, and then not have to worry about what happens with the new collective bargaining. Yeah, I need my money now. Oh, that's, that's right. You went worth. <laughs> that's right. I have a structured settlement, and I need cash now. Well, I, I wanted to bring up two. Uh, players that made obviously made impacts on their team, but the Rays have reportedly offered Wander Franco a contract extension. Now, what's being reported, and the Rays haven't said anything, but it looks like it could be a 10 year deal for somewhere between 150 and 200 million dollars, and then another one is that's interesting to me because I, you know, it's like, it's Freddie Freeman. This is the face of your franchise, but the Braves and Freeman, they're still in negotiations, but they had offered him uh, five years. I think this was back in, you know, probably September, five years, 135 million. He wants six years at about 200 million and they can't get to the sixth year which I don't get, like, why not? Why wouldn't you? So that will be one to watch because if that's the whole point, like, no, I want the six years, and another team comes in and says, we'll give you six years, is Freddie going to be a brave? I mean, it, it seems like he will be, but maybe not. I mean, that would that might throw the whole earth into a, tizzy to a weird spin yeah i mean it's, it's possible <laughs> part of the problem i think is that he's 32 yeah six years puts him at 38 but 
if if the universal DH becomes a thing, he can transition into that role. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that just surprised me that he, you know, that the sixth year, that's, you know, one more year is the sticking point there. Uh, we also know Gabe Kapler was given an extension through 2024, well-deserved. And then Luis uh, Rojas doesn't have very far to go to his new job. He goes from Queens to the Bronx. He's the new third base coach for the Yankees. So a lot more is going to happen. Uh, honestly, I think one of the places you might want to go check out uh, is uh, Nine Inning Know-It-All. They are uh, on Twitter at 9-I-N-N-K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L. And I was on their website, which is 9inningknowitall as well, and uh, .com. And uh, they had a really good breakdown of uh, all the moves so far, and they're tracking that. So while we're gone, and even when we're not, they're another good podcast to check out. And I think you can read why Jana loves baseball on their website. And you can read why Jeff loves baseball on their website also. All right. Now, before we move on to talk about the Angels, a couple things. Number one, holiday shopping. You want to get some good sports gear, go to our website, siblingrivalrybb.com. Hit the Fanatics link, and they have everything, every sport. If you've ever seen any of the other NFL shop, MLB store, Fans Edge, all these things, it's just Fanatics. It's That's all it. Fanatics. Just a special name to, to get you, but it's back. Yeah, you're thinking, fanatics. I don't want Fanatics. I couldn't find it on Fanatics. Let me try Fans Edge. Yes, it is the same exact And you'll thing. find it there. <laughs> <laughs> if you click on our link right. on our website. Exactly. So do that. Well, now it's kind of funny because... We get to this time every year and everybody all everybody's like, well, the angels are looking for some pitching. Angels are looking for pitching. What's the angels. Number one need pitching. The other day when Eduardo Rodriguez, when Erod signed his deal with Detroit. um, Oh, and before we get to this, apparently Somebody saw on either Instagram or Twitter on Correa, on Carlos Correa's page, he had put something up and it looked like big news and something to do with Detroit. And then he quickly took it down. And we had talked about maybe him going to Detroit to go with AJ. Yeah, his his old henchman, AJ Hinch. (laughs) His enabler. That's it. Anyway, so who knows? And his name's coming up. And I heard that he also was eliminated from the Yankees. The Yankees are going to go a different direction at shortstop, and it's not him. Well, uh, you, yeah. I mean, when you bad mouth and bad the, the captain, yeah, you get shut down pretty fast. They say it's not that. They say it's his uh, salary demands or his contract demands, which could be too. But I think a lot of that has to do with what he was saying about uh, Derek Jeter. Oh, yeah, definitely. So anyway, we get a lot of these tweets that are just pearls, like Jocelyn wrote it himself. (laughs) He's wearing them on his neck. These things are just such great pieces of wisdom and inside information. 
John Morosi tweeted, sources, the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Angels were all involved in the Eduardo Rodriguez market over the last week. So look for those clubs to pivot and pursue other rotation options. No, I would never have guessed that. Thank you. Captain Obvious. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. What else are they going to do? Oh, we didn't get Erod. I guess we're done. Yeah, no pitching for us. All right. I guess Patrick Sandoval and Jaime Maria are going to have to do. Who can we convert to be a pitcher? That's right. We got Shohei. Well, you know that Jared Walsh was a two-way player. That's uh, he was. So they can so. they can move him to that, David. Maybe they'll just go all two way players. If you're here, Phil Goslin, you want to stay on this team? Start pitching. <laughs> Mike Trout, you saw what happened. You ever want to win another MVP? You better get a curveball. So as we mentioned earlier, big news in Angels World: Shohei Otani MVP. Second biggest piece of news in the last week. Noah Syndergaard is an angel. Thor. With, yeah. I mean, you texted me and said, Thor, the angels just signed Thor. And I was like, the god of war? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, we're going to German mythology. <laughs> I just thought, what? That just, it seemed almost like a joke to me. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but it just... Like, no, really? But it's true. It is indeed. He has uh, come to the Angels. He had a qualifying offer, which would have given him $18.4 million from the Mets. But uh, he said, nope, I'll take the $21 million the Angels are going to give me. Now, a lot of people are on different sides of the fence with this. It's like, you spent too much money. I guess in the big picture... He would have got at least 18.4 with the Mets. And for somebody who has his past record, even though he's coming off of this, what's three more million dollars? Yeah. The problem is, is that we don't know where he is coming off of Tommy John surgery. And, you know, one side says, well, that's what this is stupid. And the other side says, well, you don't know how baseball works then. Or they say people come back from Tommy John all the time. My problem with with this is, number one, I'm happy to see him because I would, I, you know, even in down years, he's got the potential to be uh, exceptional. You know, he could come back and win a Cy Young, I believe. And somewhere along the way, I thought Thor was like early to mid 30s. He's only 29. He's right there at prime time comes back from from the surgery the problem is is that he had surgery in march of 2020 then in his rehab he had a setback and they made him stop throwing breaking balls to stop the inflammation and then he came in and pitched two separate innings towards the end of the met season which was pretty much below average what he threw and he threw no breaking balls and and as talked about and as i've become a believer in is it takes that year year and a half off of pitching after the surgery and the rehab and then it takes another year of actual competition 
to finally get back to who you were. And as they say, normally you can throw harder. You can, you know, I don't think, I don't know where he's at. Yeah, that's the biggest question I think that I know that I have is, you know, oh, you're excited. You're like, oh, Noah Syndergaard, because you know what he's been, but you don't know who he is right now. And there are a lot of questions in going into spring training. Who are you going to get? Are you going to get somebody that is, you know, just throwing really well in spring training? Or is he doing what he did in those, you know, rehab starts, which was a lot of nothing. So. Right. And that's, that's the problem. Do we get Noah or do we get Thor? And he's something to be excited about. He's been a a top line pitcher, but his last truly great season was 2016. So we're talking six years since the last real great season he's had. Now, maybe just like we've seen in the past, maybe part of his problem was being part of the Mets. That could be. I was thinking the same thing, that maybe it was just that, an organizational problem. Now he'll be on the West coast. It's sunny. It's, you know, mild temperatures and climate and it'll all just gel right with him. But my problem is, is we don't know what there always seems to be an issue with the angels pitching development. Yeah. Who's the pitching coach? Who are the minor league people? Where are we? No, Matt Wise is the pitching coach. But what is his program? We look at other clubs who do that. We we always pull out the Dodgers of this, but the Dodgers are a prime example of a good a club that does well with developing their pitchers. I think that, you know, had had uh, Cole Hamels been able to to pitch last season, he probably would have done okay in the end of the season and they needed him even if he couldn't pitch during the postseason. They at least yeah. needed him to help finish up and get things back in track. I'm not sure about this. And I think that Thor's gonna have to be in his head to do that. He's a hard worker. Everybody says that he can he can, you know, come in and lead the staff. He can take over so that, you know, there's no pressure on Shohei. Shohei carried the load as far as the pitchers. It didn't seem like it because he only pitched like once every six days, if that. But he still pitched more innings than anybody else. He threw over 130 innings. Nobody else threw over 100 with the Angels. So we got to see what happens there, obviously. Um, and so on one side, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I am excited we got him. But we need two more arms. Because we don't know what's going to happen with his. And we don't need, we need, we need to, to continue building. I don't know if Marcus Stroman is the guy. His name keeps popping up a lot. He'd be another Met. I don't think we're going to get Robbie Ray off of of that. But this is good though, because I do believe it, it maybe entices another higher end arm to consider coming here. Then we have to figure out. Are we letting Dylan Bundy go completely? Yeah, that's a good question. Alex Cobb. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to look at the two, I would say keep Alex Cobb because he, you know, if you're looking just at the 
past season, then you're going to keep him. I know he had injuries, but Dylan Bundy. But isn't that was, what we did with Dylan Bundy after 2020? <laughs> I mean, we he, still had him, but he looked good in 2020. Yeah. Had a couple of good outings at the beginning and then the rest fell apart. And I know he got injured and maybe that was, it was developing and that's what caused the issue. But I'm not sure, you know, did he just fall back into Baltimore habits? Yeah, he could have. I mean, I, you know, it's hard. It's, it's one of those, um, it's a quandary for the angels because they always need pitching. And so you hope that this isn't it. This isn't, you know, we got Syndergaard and that's it. You know, I could totally see Artie Moreno, you know, saying, okay, you know, you, you got the, that was a big splash. That was it. And then, because, I mean, there are a lot of pitchers that are available that are out there that would be good fits, but how does it all gel with the angels? Well, two things that I see right now is an issue of them spending the money is that number one, while the, the, uh, it's not a salary cap technically, but the, the competitive balance tax is 210 at the end of this agreement. A lot of the owners want to push it down to 180. Now, if they leave it at 210, they can go get another couple of arms and still look at maybe getting a, a, a decent shortstop out of it. If they push down to 180, it doesn't matter that you saved the money on uh, Albert Pujols' contract is over. It doesn't matter because you've just taken all that away and now you got to fill in fill in the gaps and you're already paying around 100 million between Trout, Rendon and Upton. And then you're going to have to pay Shohei to extend him out. Right. Which those I think are talks that they're having, but we don't know the the extent of them. See, I would have been pushing before he won the MVP. I would oh, have been yeah. pushing to get him extended. Yeah. I yeah, the Angels are just one of those teams that you look at who's on the roster and you think, what what is going on there that they can't get past you know, being in the middle of the American League West. And I mean, obviously Mike Trout this past, you know, this season had, you know, out since May. Rendon um, has not, you know, really lived up to what he, you know, his, his potential that we know he can play. He's really good, but you know, how do we know if he's, Injured all the time. Watch the videos of him from uh, the Nationals. He was with the Nationals. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know. Well, like I said earlier, Trout only played 36 games over the season. In his in his time, he batted 333. He was doing well, but then when he went out, it was all over. Uh, Rendon, 58 games, and he never really. I you know probably whatever was going on with him is what held him back and he, you know, trying to fight through it, but he just wasn't able to, I guess. Upton only played 89 games, but Justin Upton at least qualified for, you know, if he'd have batted well, he would have qualified for a batting title or something like that. Only seven players played, had enough plate appearances over the season 
to qualify for any postseason, you know, batting titles, things like that. And, you know, Jared Walsh was at the top of that list. He hit 277. No everyday position player hit better than he did. Yeah. And then David Fletcher was second. And, you know, so you had that. Of course, Shohei was up there as well. And Shohei played, you know, like 155 games. The only pitcher who had over 100 innings, like I said, was Shohei. Uh, Rizel Iglesias, who I was banging my head against the table for a little bit. And he was like great in like four, you know, four innings, four out saves, things like that. Nobody else was doing it. And hopefully we can pay him because he declined. He was the only one the Angels gave a qualifying offer to. Yeah. And I and uh, Perry Manison said that they are in talks with Rizal Iglesias and, you know, his agent to bring him back. But I don't know. You know, you don't know what he's what he's asking, um, what he'd like. Obviously, you know, with the saves, I mean, he was really good um, for the Angels. So, you know, the one year, 18.4, you know, does he come back for three years? Um Two years, you know, I just, I don't know, but there's a lot of questions on a team that, like I said, when you look at the roster, there shouldn't be so many questions, but again, it comes down to pitching Pitching. (laughs) every time, every year. What I'm hoping is, is that at least, because we need bullpen arms and we need starters. And what I'm hoping is, is that we can get Steve Ciszek back because he's a, um, Free agent. Really? <laughs> no, say, I, want, I thought you, know you I want, want him. I want to go down to Huntington Beach or one of the Orange County beaches next year, or up to Venice in LA County, and and be walking along and see that he has a shack by the sea of shells or whatever Steve Sea Shack wants to sell in his Sea <laughs> Shack shed. Say that and five times not, fast. Not, I can't even remember what I said. <laughs> One time, let alone being able to try to say it five. Um, I don't want to see him on a mound anywhere. I don't want anybody, even the teams. That, I don't even want the asterisks to have to deal with Steve Ciszek. Wow. That's, That's how, saying something. Now, the, the thing, too, is, is that... Uh, you know, we need a backup catcher. Max Stassi, only 89 games. Had he played more, who knows what we would have got from him. He was he played well. We just need more of that. He'll be the everyday catcher. Kurt Suzuki is a free agent, but he might be a good guy to have as a backup. And then we have Taylor Ward, who ended the season, you know, on the uh, on the injured list as like a nuclear option we have nobody else we got to go which which they did end up doing yeah so know that the angels could have been a lot better without all of the injuries definitely the question is is can we add a couple more arms can we have some solid bullpen pieces will we stay healthy trout has been we know what he can do rendon has not lived up to what we know he's capable of. And then we need Justin Upton for at least this year, because after this, then we can jettison him. He is done. So 
that's the question. And then can can we see more improvement uh, with Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh? Uh, will those guys be there? You know, a lot of the guys that we thought, we talked about Dexter Fowler being out early, but he's a free agent. I doubt he'll be back. And if he no. is, he, you know, a, a, a bench guy. But you have Taylor Ward. You have, you know, other guys that you could put in there that are the utility guys, which I think is the biggest thing. I think the Dodgers proved that you need more utility guys. They're trying to do it with Gavin Lux, trying to get him to play more positions. Um, that you need that. Somebody that can go and play any place. Yeah, it's it's really important uh, when you have that guy or, you know, a couple of guys that you can just slot into those positions. Why? I know this is the Angel segment, but that is why signing Chris Taylor back to the Dodgers is so important. Because I can see if he isn't signed and he goes somewhere else, Dodger Nation is going to be so mad. I can't even imagine the tweets, but, uh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) that are going to come out from that, but you know, you look at the, you, who's on, who is on the angels. Um, David Fletcher, uh, you know, he signed an extension, uh, this season and he's just going to get better. I mean, he's already really good. Um, but he's just going to get better and will get a gold glove. Jared Walsh is in that, um, category too. Um, Brandon Marsh was really good and yeah, Joe Adele looked a lot better, was not, you know, seemed to kind of get that chip off his shoulder that he had and uh, just played baseball. Um, and I did like Joe Madden not being so, I don't know in the 2020 season, maybe cause it was a 2020 season. But this season, he seemed to be a little bit more himself where he was, you know, if he wants to play, we're, he's going to play. We're not going to do this, you know, let me look here and let me p- put this piece here. We're just going to put him out there and see how it goes. Um, so, yeah, but it, the front office has to get him the pitching. They have to. I mean, that is their number one job. (laughs) I did see a picture of Perry Manassian the other day, and he looked like he hadn't slept in, like, days. Yeah. And that's what I want to see. Yeah. I don't don't want him looking well-rested. I want him traveling the country like he did. He went all the way over to see Syndergaard to talk to Noah about uh, coming here. I want him talking to everybody. I don't know where, you know, Max Scherzer lives in the St. Louis area. I think I want him going to talk to him, whether we can get him or not. I think that with Thor, you get somebody like Scherzer or, you know, somebody, yeah, I don't know about Grinky, but, uh, I, you know, the guys who, who know how to pitch and would be good for your, your, you know, Clayton Kershaw's not coming here, but he's the kind of guy that you want if you're going to get an older guy for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, um, you know, I think that uh, I don't I don't see uh, Kevin Gossman leaving San Francisco. I think he's going to you know resign there, but you need to look at all of these guys and see what can I bring. And by the way, I misstate misspoke earlier. John Gray may be leaving. 
the Rockies because he's a free agent. He well, and the Rockies did um, try to sign him. They, you know, he had he had said that he would like to um, stay in the Denver area, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. They did um, sign um, Herman uh, Marquez, so he's you know he's with the the Rockies. They had another. Um, did another, I think, extension, uh, Diaz, is that his name? But anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, maybe, I don't know, John Gray isn't bad. He could, you know, be there's, an angel. There's some people, maybe even a trade for Luis Castillo, but I don't know what we'd give up. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, you have that's to look. the problem. So, well, and you have, you know, I, uh, Chris Rodriguez, who was good. Um, you know, he's out. He's going to be out for a while with the surgery that he had. Right. Yeah, I think uh, so. We you know, we got to watch everybody else was was off. They say they're OK to, to you know, do offseason conditioning and all that. There are a lot of, of big names, you know, Carlos Rodon from the White Sox uh, last year threw a no hitter. He's available, but you know, a lot of these guys, they never had any success until now. We don't know if they can sustain that. We got to look and is it, is it them or is it the angels? So, you know, hopefully if there's not a lockout and hopefully they, they can maybe, you know, work it out to sign a couple people, you know, quick, uh, there's, there's some decent names on there and then build in with Patrick Sandoval, Jaime Berea. These are guys who had their, maybe bring Alex Cobb back. Who knows? But they they have to put it all together and everybody's got to stay healthy because that was their biggest issue. You know, yes, they needed pitching, but the bigger issue was nobody was healthy Mm -hmm. and they used a lot of pitchers. Joe Madden could have been based on the pitchers he used. He was up there with Kevin Cash. They used he they used over 60 players to get through the season. That's like a record. Yeah, so he could have been manager of the year. But like we said, all of this depends on one thing as far as how they get there and how how soon they get there. All depends on the collective bargaining agreement and the owners and the players getting along. Major League Baseball has had very little labor issues since what, 1994 after the strike in the 1995 and got to blame 2020 and the pandemic a little bit, not so much the year 2020, but the pandemic for making it hard for the owners or Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association from getting to meet too much. Yes, there are Zooms and and stuff, but they haven't been able to really set together like they normally would have to get an agreement in place so that there was a new agreement already by December 1st, so that on December 2nd, there wouldn't be a potential of a lockout by the owners. Now, the owners don't have to lock the players out, but they probably will. 
And how do I know this? Is because just either yesterday or today, Rob Manfred said a lockout will probably help push things along. And he's right, because when you get a strike or a lockout, that's forcing somebody's hand. And they're going to push the players to maybe make some concessions they wouldn't have made without a lockout. What that also means, though, to go back to the hot stove and all that, is that if they lock out on December 2nd, everything stops. And that's why there's a rush to get signed by December 1st. So that way you're not waiting around because otherwise everything waits until the new agreement is signed. And who does that benefit? The owners. Because now you've got a bunch of players all kind of milling around. They're all in the waiting room. And now it's who'll pay, who'll play for what? And I'm going to pay you 10 million less than I was going to pay you before. And like people say, the big dogs are going to get their money. The guys at the top of the heap are still going to get paid whatever it was. If they were going to make 30 million a year, they're still going to make 30 million a year. Carlos Correa, because he's considered number one on the shortstop list, is still going to make whatever the top of that market is. Corey Seager will get that, but Corey Seager doesn't want to sit around and wait. Plus, you don't know what kind of things are going to come up in the CBA that make change the mindset of the owners. Like we talked about, going from they're not going to raise the ceiling on the competitive balance tax. They want to lower it, which means they're going to be unwilling to pay or go over that like they would if it was higher or, you know, depends on what the penalties are. Depends on, you know, that. The other things we're going to see is this is some of the things that we know as baseball games now may go away, hopefully for good, because I don't think the players like the ghost runner. So that's yeah. probably going to go away. But we may see extended playoffs, which is not a bad thing, depending on how far they do it. You know, we may see like a pitch clock show up. But some of these rules and things, the universal DH, those will be things that will be discussed. But there's a lot of stuff. Those things are easy to go back and forth on. And like one side may hold on to something. Like the talk is the players are going to hold on to the playoffs, the expanded playoffs in order to force the owners to give them some other stuff they want, like a higher league minimum, like uh, a better a better um, way to get to free agency, things like that. Yeah, the MLBPA, uh, uh, some of their proposals that they've brought to the table is, you know, raising the minimum salary, uh, getting players into arbitration earlier, uh, changes to the way service time is calculated, including early free agency in some cases, uh, adjustment to the way the draft order is determined. And, uh, you know, those are economic issues. The MLB and the Players Association have made some progress on non-economic matters, um, but ultimately it's always about the money. Um, and that's what's going to happen, you know, is the money is going to determine whether a new deal is reached by December 1st. It doesn't seem likely that it will be reached by December 1st because, I mean, Thanksgiving is next week and it's, uh, 
I mean, they, you know, they've really got to get this going. And, you know, we don't hear a lot about, you know, are they setting at the table? Is, are, you know, what negotiations are really going on? Um, instead, we hear things about how MLB wants to tie um, the uh, wins above replacement or war tie that to arbitration for players right and have an algorithm yeah do it so a computer program versus going into mediation which there's got it there's kind of two sides of this story one of the things that's always been an issue with mediation is and and you could imagine that it could be uh it could hurt somebody's feelings i guess for lack of a better term but it could cause some 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 bad feelings in the organization is is that the player goes in and says, I did this, 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 and this, and that's why I should be paid this. And the team comes in and said, he's a bum. He didn't do that. He was, he slacked here. He didn't show up for this. And they tear him down so that they don't have to pay him whatever that extra is. Sometimes it's not even that much. It's like Festivus. Yeah. And he yeah. goes in and I got problems with you, player A. And these are the problems and, and you tear them down. And then why do they want to come and continue to play for you? They don't have any choice because they're still under contract. And even if they get a little bit of raise, somebody just told you why you're not worth that. And you think you are, and you know what you've done. And maybe you're a player that's on the verge of being an MVP. So, you know, though, that's one thing that takes away from it, but it kind of becomes, I, I heard that, um, it becomes Amazon like that Amazon's computers will fire somebody if they don't do like they work in the warehouse. Yeah. If you don't meet whatever the quotas are or or maintain the the pace that they want you to do, the computer says you're not keeping up with with the minimum requirements, you're fired. Not somebody who saw you. Maybe you're the best and you're doing the very best that you can. But if you're not meeting because everything is computerized, that's kind of like what they're seeing here. There's no, it's all about the numbers. It's all about that. Yes, yeah. you may have hit 290, but your on base was, you know, yeah. 290. It yeah. needs to be better. Right. Yeah, uh, Jeff Passan, uh, who is, writes uh, for ESPN, he had a good breakdown on this whole war and um, how it would work. And he what said, What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it again. For some players, it might not be. So he said, um, This is how he explained it. He said, Players with less than six years of service would be paid based on a formula agreed upon by both sides. So um, he's just, you know, this is just for the presentation, but uh, the league chose wins above replacement as calculated by fan graphs. So a player with more than three years would multiply his career war by $580,000. And then the resulting number would be his salary for that season. And then the multiplier for a second time eligible player would be 770,000 and a third time player would be 
910000 for each war gathered in all of his big league time. Um, and then there would be slight adjustments to salaries based on how the player fared in the previous season. But generally, the system would pay players based on that formula, the war formula. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess in some ways, if, it, if you know, you're looking at um, that's what it is, then, you know, you won't have players that will be bums. They'll just be, everybody will be out there doing the very best that they can and hitting and throwing and catching. But and, there's some of those numbers that you have no control over. Yeah, that's true. You know, you don't. And that doesn't take into account, you know, certain things you did on the ball field that aren't trackable. Yeah. So I, well, I get why the players on one side, it seems like, wow, that seems pretty fair. You know, you put it in there, everybody agrees to it and you go from there. And once you're done with that, then you can get paid for being all around nice guy and, you know, robbing a couple of home runs. But until then, you know, but on the other side of from the player standpoint, it's kind of like, well, you know, I'd rather take my chances with a human being who might look at it and go, okay. Because there might be, you know, you can play on their their biases or their, you know, they don't want to be the bad guy. So I'm going to give you the money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, when you look at these, um, the stats, which we know baseball is a, is a stat-driven sport. But I think you could make the argument that, um, yeah, you're going to look at stats and you're going to say, okay, you know, like you said, you know, this was your on-base percentage and this was this, you know, your, you know, ERA or your batting, um, you know, your batting average, whatever it may be. But is it going to be across the board even because I think even with the awards that we just looked at, I think there was something, you know, that we could pick out for example, like Cy Young, and if you were just looking at those numbers and you had player A, player B, player C, then where do those guys fall in and how much do they get paid even though you're not looking at the whole picture of what they're doing for your team, in the clubhouse, you know, off the field, you know, obviously what they're doing on the field, but the, everything. So I don't I think it's too, it's too much. It's too wide because you can really, if you have one person looking at this and another person looking at this and what stat do you think? And I know that's why they're looking at, you know, war, but even that is, you can. War's not always a good indicator of. No, it's not. So, yeah, I, I think it's just MLB. Like how we, you know, we're analytics driven and this is how we're going to do it. Right. And that's not, there's more to the game and, you know, it, it's how they play the game, things like that. It's It's got to be a bigger picture. And I think that maybe you can use some element of that in the overall presentation of why they should or shouldn't get the raise, but so that's one thing, and of course the players aren't into that. Um, they're they're talking about how to work things out. I think you mentioned that about uh, reworking the draft. 
a lot of that is to stop teams from tanking. Uh, another thing that worked along that is you can't get a top pick more than three years in a row. So you can't be the Orioles and be the worst team in baseball three years in a row and get the number one pick three years after that. That's what some of that is to get people to be all competitive, which is better for all the fans. Anyway, you know, you go to, you go to a game and, you know, Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Texas you don't want to, you know, you, you've been a fan for a long time. You don't want to go just knowing your team's probably going to get beat. Uh, like I said, pitch clock's probably going to be there. There's probably talk about uh, whether they want to do something with the shift to to regulate that. Um, other things that, you know, there there's so many different items that are coming up. Pre-tack baseballs, that's probably something that will be in there. So a lot of these little rule things and then the money, the money parts are what's going to drive it. The players want to get, you know, they want the the CBT to be raised. They want the minimum wages to be raised. The owners want the exact opposite. And there's even talk about like a floor. You have to spend at least $100 million. Well, right. what does that mean for a team like Tampa Bay, who won on like, I think, $68 million? Yeah, I, if, if you would have, you know, it would penalize those teams. So, you know, you have those. Um, that's always seems to be a talking point though. Look what they're doing and they only spent this much money. Right. Um, which if you've seen Moneyball, you know exactly <laughs> what the thing, what it, what it's all about. Yeah. And even before they put the money ball in place, when they lost all the players that they lost and had to replace Giambi and Damon and all those guys, they were still almost half of what the Yankees were spending and they were winning. Nobody said you got to spend $200 million to, to win. But everybody thinks the Dodgers bought everything because they, they, they spend more money, but they're paying guys, you know, that they brought up. If they pay Corey Seager, Corey Seager has been a Dodger the whole time. People going to have a problem with that. And I think on a lot of these things that we're going to see just kind of going back to the, um, the hot stove and all that is some of these guys will Kershaw stay a Dodger. It'll depend on how much money he wants. Will Scherzer resign with the Dodgers? Depends on how much money he wants, you know, and how they can make that work. Albert Pujols. I wouldn't be surprised if Albert Pujols said, I'll pay for $5 million. That's nothing in the the, the MLB world. <laughs> no. He'd probably yeah. maybe even say, I'll pay for a million if it's the right team in the right situation, that's going to give him a chance to play. And if there's a universal DH at the end of all this, could even end up in St. Louis to finish up his career, but that would be something that would work for him. Who knows? That's, that's going to be the one thing I see a lockout coming. The question is how quickly will they be able to put everything together? Will they, Will they wait till the last minute? Can they get it by Valentine's Day, which is about the time that pitchers and catchers start showing up? Can they get one and get it signed and approved and everything in that time frame so that we don't miss and, and the season's not pushed back in any way? We will keep tweeting about things. Remember, check out uh, and uh, maybe... If we can make it work, maybe we'll uh, we'll try to get the uh, uh, with the ever changing 
uh, moods of the market and the CBA. Obviously, if anything, nothing's going on after uh, December 2nd with a lockout, then there will be nothing to report unless it's a CBA thing. But we'll uh, we'll tweet about it. Maybe we can get some stuff up on the website. And um, that's me staring at you, by the way. I'm not <laughs> looking at the BGs behind you. I'm looking at you. I'm just trying to stay alive. <laughs> you need to stop with the jive talking. It's a tragedy. It'll be a yeah. tragedy if we have a lockout. All right, before we wrap up for the season, once again, we will be back on March 31st, 2022, which is opening day. We will uh, do like we did last year or this season, and uh, which was cool because we got a full season last year. We had to come up with stuff for the first half, for the first half of the year. Yeah, Here we were all excited that's... about a new a new podcast, and we're all going to talk baseball, and then we had to come up with ideas on different to ideas play to baseball. play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that won't happen again. But, you know, if it does, we'll have some great ideas for right, really crazy. We can crazy... expand upon the SRB <laughs> crazy ideas for uh, for baseball. Yeah. Or we'll just start talking Carolina disco turkey baseball. We could. We could have a whole <laughs> show about that. Now, before we before we go, there's a couple things we want to do. But number one, one of the coolest things that came out of this season and will be great regardless of when the season starts next year is that Major League Baseball, and we've talked about this before, Major League Baseball will be uh, providing housing for all the minor league teams which is about time to give them, you know, some peace of mind. It's hard to play baseball when you're not sure where you're staying. And I'm sure these guys, you know, normally the, you know, major league players, they're happy to come home and play half their games in one place. I think the minor league players are happy to be on the road because then the team's paying for the hotel and they're giving them food money and that stuff. Once they come back to play at home, they have to provide for themselves. And, you know, it's one thing when you're getting paid to feed yourself, but if you can't afford to do these things and you're living in a car or you're living six to a room to, and I mean, a room, not yeah. even a studio, what do they call a little bachelor? Uh, I think this is what they called them where, you know, it's like, uh, you got a little kitchen and a bedroom and a living room all in the same place. Right. And it's, it's not tiny, even like full kitchen. It's a kitchenette. It's a kitchenette. And you could go to, you know, some of these extended stay hotels and have better, but you can't afford that either when you're a yeah. minor leaguer. So that'll be cool. That was one great thing that uh, that did come out of the season as the minor leaguers go. Hopefully um, more things, maybe even the players will kind of help them out in trying to get some concessions from them to that'll help the minor leaguers. All right. We were wondering how many jumbo jacks. And how many fries did Jack in the Box give out and McDonald's? The problem is neither of those two establishments got back to me in time to tell me how many they actually gave away as part of the promotions. Now, for the Dodgers, it was uh, if the Dodgers struck out 10 in a game, you got a free Jumbo Jack. For the Angels, it was just a win when you got free fries. And do we have the totals of uh, how many? The Angels had 77 wins. I know that. So the, the, 
McDonald's in Southern California gave away free small fries on 77 different occasions. And there were 88 times that everyone got a free Jumbo Jack in Southern California. At participating in Southern California, uh, Jack in the Box. Right. And we don't know how many of those either because they didn't get back to us. Of course, they'll probably get back to me tomorrow or next week to tell me here's what the numbers are. I'm sure that, you know, I never went and took advantage of it. Oh, me either. Obviously. (laughs) I never took advantage of it. And I wonder how many people actually do. Now, there was another thing I think the Dodgers had for every Dodgers win. I think California Pizza Kitchen had some sort of, whether it was a Pete, like a personal pizza or something like that. So there was a couple of other things that weren't as widely advertised. But some people got to eat if they were getting pizza from CPK on every win because they won 106 times. Yeah. That was a good summer feast. Yeah, think about it. You got pizza, you got the Jumbo Jacks, and then you, you know, can get the French fries and and like you said, there's probably either some little things that we didn't even, you know, hear about. So now the last thing that uh, I wanted to bring up before we uh, we close up shop uh, for the season is it's winter time or it's getting to be winter time. Some places are cold. Not here. We're not cold in Southern California. Uh, last week it was 90. They were in the 70s. Our highs. Our lows are still higher than some people's highs. But Big League Chew, which is the only, I think, is the only bubblegum in the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, came out with this last year. Now, I didn't know this, but it came out in the end of 2020. And this is perfect while you're sitting around, keeping up with the hot stove, maybe sitting next to a hot stove. Big League Chew's Hot Chocolate Bubblegum. Now, what I'd like is I'd like Big League Chew maybe to sponsor. That's what I like for Christmas. Dr. Pepper to officially sponsor Sonic and Big League Chew. That would be awesome. Got any connections? We would love sponsorship. We'd also like it for you to drop us a line. You know, hit us on Twitter or uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you. If you're listening consistently, tell us what's, uh, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Should Jana do all the shows by herself? Whatever. That's, uh, that, those are the things that we'd love for Christmas. We, uh, we look forward to seeing you next year. We hope you have a great holiday season and a happy new year. And, uh, and remember, baseball is life. And that'll do it for this week's Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Remember, you can find us on our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at SiblingRivalryBB. We're also on Twitter at SiblingRivalryBB without the A. Email us, show at SiblingRivalryBB.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. On the next edition of SRBB, We hope our Christmas wish comes true. And there's baseball in 2022.
All right. Are you ready? <clears throat> no, sure. but let's do it anyway. <laughs>